Hello to everyone tuning in to the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for each one of you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. Stopping by to hang with us today is a man who is a true example of what a warrior looks like in the modern day world. He is a graduate from James Madison University, is the founder of is the founder and owner of not one, not two, but three companies, including DTR Insurance Solutions, GS Nation, and most recently Work Your Stories, in which he is also the lead coach and serves countless individuals in allowing them to become conscious of the stories, hindering their ability to live the lives they truly dream of, so they may rewrite them in a way that allows them to unlock their own greatness. If this wasn't enough, he is also a sponsored professional obstacle course racing athlete where he runs courses including the Spartan, Tough Mudder, and the OCR World Championships. Please help me in welcoming the man who can go from story work to fitness to catching catfish with one hand and cooking them to perfection, the one and only Dave Robinson. What's up, Dave? <laughs> man, what's happening? I, and I tell you, out of everything, I'm, I'm certainly most proud of the last, even though it might be a little bit of a hyperbole, but, uh, you know, the we had some nice catfish, Dude. did we not? I had never had catfish. You might not know that before that, um, being in the north, you know. And, uh, and dude, like I had heard because I think you were there like a day or two before I got there or something. And um, I forget who it was. It might have been Sean. I think it was Sean Lazio. It was like, dude, Dave doesn't even have to fish. He just sticks the pole in the ground, like throws the line, like throws the line, sticks the pole in the ground. The fish bites on. He the fish jumped out of the water by itself and unhooked itself, and he just picked it up. <laughs> like, practically just right into the net you know? yeah <laughs> and this is the great thing about fishtails is they just keep growing larger and larger as time passes so yes you know, <laughs> sooner or later the fish will just toss itself into the frying pan and, and we're off and running yeah but man. No, that was a hell of a weekend yeah dude it really was man and for those listening that aren't aware um i know i just released ben's episode today which i recorded in virginia but dave and i got to share a magical weekend in virginia with mark at mark england's house uh, his lake house which is legendary um you know from one party animal to another i mean mark really knows how to throw it down you know 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah that's great yeah, I knew as soon as I got there, and he was like, "Listen, here's your cup. Put your name on it." Like I was like, "All right, this is legit." You know what I mean? <laughs> He's like, "Let me give you a tour." There's like 17 beds there. I'm like, "Okay, yeah, this place is set up for for partying." You know, <laughs> for a lot of good for a lot of good people. And, yeah. and we had we had 20 at yeah. the lake house. Is that yeah. the final number? Yeah. And what a legendary crew too, like Chris Marhafka, oh a bunch of pirates. I know, dude. And you know, it was so picturesque too, because Mark's got the pirate flag flying in the backyard, right on the lake. And it was just, dude, I never felt more badass in my life to be part of such a group, <laughs> <laughs> such a heavyweight group. You know, and it's it's important to have those people around you. You know, um, yeah, I think that's that's such a key to to personal growth and success is, is surrounding yourself with the people that that you want to, you know, be like or. Uh, the, you know, emulate the habits of those types of individuals. So uh, I always come back from those types of experiences feeling like not only, holy shit, this is exactly where I need to be, but holy shit, I get to level up now mm. you know, because of all these other individuals and seeing everybody do what they're doing and yeah. loving it. So it's just, it's rad, man. I yeah. Love it. 
And I love that whole concept of getting to do it, right? And I was talking with Nico yesterday, actually, we were on a podcast together and he was talking about like, you know, when you get to do something, it's from your heart. When you have to do something, it's from your ego, you know? And that's, I love mm-hmm. that. Again, language shift, you know, language is just such a big thing. And, um, you know, it's just, you are the collection of the five people you spend the most time with, right? So choose yep. them wisely, you know? And uh, I love that idea, you know? And that's why, you know, one of my affirmations I say every day to myself multiple times, and it is so true. It's probably the truest affirmation that I say that I believe wholeheartedly, which is I buy the ticket, I take the ride, you know, because I always say Mm. yes. The king says yes, (laughs) you know, respect. Yeah. So, Dave, you know, I was hoping we could begin by having you share with us your journey and how you got to where you are in the present day. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, I am uh, 32 years old from Richmond, Virginia, and a really active kid growing up, but I was uh, overweight as well. So not not huge but just awkward right Mm -hmm. you know and and um i guess i started my my fitness journey officially when i um made my mom sign me up for the ymca and sign a waiver because i was too young to go into the weight room by myself but at 13 i went in and i lost like 30 pounds before freshman year of of high school because i was you know so self-conscious i didn't want to take my shirt off at the pool so Mm -hmm. i was like screw this and then that just got me, you know, the the feeling I got from being able to do that and then from playing soccer better and, you know, um, um, starting to gain traction a little bit in, in, in my social life uh, and be, feeling comfortable in my own skin uh, led me to, you know, kind of dive all in on bettering myself in as many ways, as, you know, that I could. So um, ended up getting to college and thought I was going to teach high school history. And, you know, uh, very glad I, I didn't go down that particular path. Um, but I, you know, I realized I wanted to teach. I just didn't love the subject that I was trying to teach at the time, you know? So, uh, decided to not pursue a master's and instead got a year long internship at the university of Richmond as a strength and conditioning coach and worked with football, men's soccer, women's soccer, uh, some field hockey, some lacrosse. I was really big into powerlifting and strongman at the time. Um, you know, and it was always my goal to work with professional athletes, uh, but I didn't have any financial flexibility. I didn't have any time flexibility or security, uh, and so I left that career and made a decision to go into something where I could, you know, write my own schedule and have control over my time and, and income earning, but also uh, build my own business. And that was in financial planning. So did that for seven or eight years, build up a halfway decent business realized I frankly hated it and <laughs> uh, had a, uh, a long time where I just, you know, I knew something wasn't right, man, but I, I just couldn't pull the trigger, so to speak, on getting out of that situation, you know, which um, was, you know, it was a situation where I w- just wasn't completely happy and I knew that I was leaving a lot of potential and happiness on the table by continuing that capacity. So I don't know whether you've ever been in a situation like that, but mm-hmm. uh, it takes me personally a while to make big decisions, even though mm-hmm. maybe I know in my gut like what the right answer is. Uh, but I do analyze things and you know just uh, like just waffle a little bit on finally pulling the trigger on stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I do pull the trigger, I tend to go all in. So um, I left my financial planning career in November of 2017. I uh, just transitioned, you know, from the broker dealer I was with and started doing some some, you know, 
just insurance as opposed to the fully comprehensive financial planning. But I put most of my time, energies, and efforts into opening a a local uh, fitness community, um, you know, and, and ran that for a couple of years and have since transitioned to, you know, like you said or, or mentioned, the doing mostly virtual story work. work. Um, COVID kind of threw a little wrench in the whole equation. I, uh, I actually moved down to Mexico back in March to open a retreat center and then turned right back around and came back to the U.S. <laughs> 14 days later. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I've been rolling with the punches, man. I'm, I'm going where life leads me and I'm, I'm um, you know, really following my gut and following my heart in a lot of things. And I'm super happy and super excited about where we're at and where we're going. Yeah. I really resonated with your, um, with your idea there and your, you know, your story about taking a long time to like kind of tell yourself that like, okay, this isn't right for me. Like, you know it, but like it takes a while for you to make that move. And, you know, I share that same type of, uh, typical mindset and that's something I've worked through in the last few years. But, you know, I went to school for psychology and Mm -hmm. the whole, like by the second year, I was like, Oh, I don't want to do this. Like I loved psychology. Like it was super like exciting and interesting to me, but I just knew I was like, you know, I don't want to be stuck in a, in a room in a suit or like, like with a belt on and just all this stuff. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm six, five. So like we're finding like comfy clothes, like comfy clothes are my number one thing. (laughs) Yeah. Those big and tall stores, uh, you know, from a professional are not very good. Yeah. Yeah. They have a kind of, a, a weird attire there, you know? And so, you know, I'm not afraid to admit that one of the main reasons I decided not to go down that route was because I'm like, I'm not going to be able to be comfortable, you know? And that was, you know, kind of synonymous across the board, you know, with my clothing, with my lifestyle at that point, you know, because I would have to go somewhere every day, work the nine to five, do all that. And it was like, if I wanted to make any real money and therefore an impact, I would have to go for a master's and probably a PhD. And, you know, as Paul Check famously says, PhD stands for piled higher and deeper. So I just didn't want to put myself in that situation. Um, So I ended up getting into the cannabis industry and um, loved that for a few years and then realized like, there's just a lot of suit and tie in this world too. And um, yeah, when COVID hit, uh, similar to you, like I had started highly optimized, um, didn't really know what I was going to do with it, honestly. Um, Yeah. And just kind of followed my heart. And when COVID hit, it gave me finally that exit from the dispensary I was working at um, that I was just barely surviving at, basically, and it allowed me to come out and thrive. So, yeah, I really yes. resonate with that. Yeah. So rad, man. It's yeah. So rad. Yeah. And um, it's it's funny you mentioned the Mexico thing, too, because before the episode aired, I started, you know, I was telling you that I'm actually going to Mexico in a couple of weeks to go yep. to a retreat center, you know, with Danny Rios. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you're... Uh, yeah, it's- if you happen to be around, come with us. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta hit him up. Yeah. No, it's a, um, it, it's funny too, Ryan, because, you know, I was in San Diego for the first couple months of, of this year of 2020, mm-hmm. like January, February, and, and kind of into a little bit into the beginning of March. And, and I had, that was a big thing for me because I've, I've always lived in Richmond other than going to school for four years, you know, uh, about two hours outside of my hometown. Mm-hmm. I, I'd always lived in the town I grew up in mm-hmm. and, you know, it's a smallish town. I mean, it's it's a, the capital city of, of Virginia and maybe a million people, the Richmond metro area. But like it's a it's it's a very small town. It's mm-hmm. the smallest medium sized town in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was it was big for me, you know, even though I had traveled a bunch to to move somewhere else. And I once I felt like I broke that that barrier or crossed that barrier or cut that chain or cord or whatever 
you know, I was able to then just say, all right, well, fuck it. Like this opportunity in Mexico came up and it felt so right, man. It felt so, so, so right. It was so aligned. Mm -hmm. And the rad thing about it is that now I realize that even though that was so aligned, you know, now I'm heading in a completely different direction and it's just as if not more aligned. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a neat realization for me that I think before that I had kind of been searching for like, what's my thing? What's that one thing? And I realized that it doesn't have to be a one thing. You know, you can kind of ebb and flow. And that's the beautiful part of life is finding things for different seasons and, and, you know, uh, riding a wave as long as it will take you. And then whether you crash off or whether you get to exit and, you know, how, how you choose, you still got to paddle back out and catch the next one, wait for the next one. And, and so I just thought it was a, a kind of a cool thing to be able to shift gears back and forth between things and still take a, a horrible situation like, you know, what the world is dealing with right now with, you know, COVID-19. And, and I think you and I were talking about this, like down at, at the lake house a couple of weeks ago, holy shit, everybody here's thriving through this. Yeah. You know, and that's not to minimize pain and suffering that other people are going through. But, you know, I think the way that you take care of yourself and the, you know, the way that, that, you know, the people that we hang out with, our, our minds have been, you know, um, the way we learn from one another and, and the language that we use and, and, you know, just all those things just help to, create an environment where people are thriving as opposed to surviving. Yeah. And, you know, I love that you brought that up because when I was down there, I had that realization too, like, whoa, like there are a lot of people that are thriving through this. And really like one of the main reasons I feel like we are able to thrive through this is because, you know, number one, we put in the work, right? Like we challenge ourselves and we're used to putting ourselves in challenging situations, right? So when they uncomfortable situations, yeah, 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 exactly. And, um, you know, so we've really taken on the creator role in our lives. Right. And, you know, this is a big part due to story work. Right. And understanding that the victim mentality is a real thing and understanding that you can also accept accountability for where you are and then, you know, say, OK, what now? You know, and yeah. like one of the things that I thought of when you were mentioning, like, you know, going to San Diego and then Mexico and it feeling right. And now you're like feeling just as right being back in Virginia was, um, you know, a concept that I love talking about, which is that, you know, I feel our lives intersect intersect at the corner of free will and destiny. So mm-hmm. we have like infinite destinies, let's say, right? And certain ones are going to allow us to, like you said, thrive, right? And, you know, by putting in the work and by putting yourself in uncomfortable situations and, you know, really seeing like what you're capable of, you can find those paths that are going to allow you to become the best version of yourself, you know, and the most, you know, alive version of yourself. And it seems like you're right on that path. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. And and I got goosebumps, like, <laughs> as you said that, yeah, I mean, that's, man. that's, that's a really powerful phrase. And, and I like the concept of that, you know, you've got multiple destinies and the free will and choice to choose which one you want to go down. Mm. Now that, that gives a lot of, um, it gives a lot of, for me, uh, feelings of like contentment and satisfaction, but also excitement and a little bit of relief, you know, mm. um, I, I guess adopting that mindset for you and you can, I mean, tell me how you feel if you're mm-hmm. fine, but, but does this feel like, like something where, do you have a sense of, of relief from that? Or do you have a sense of like of, of actual freedom from having that mindset? Definitely. Yeah. And, Very you cool. know, 
what what it really comes down to is the fact that like once I accepted like because again for a long time in my life I played the victim right and and it wasn't like you know I was like sitting on the couch doing nothing I was doing all the work but I just wasn't owning it right and I wasn't showing up for myself and I wasn't showing up to the world the way I wanted to be seen and you know there was a point like when I was you know in the cannabis industry and you know really have been a huge plant medicine proponent my whole life and um, one of the main reasons I'm going to Mexico Um, you know we'll talk about that another time but um you know uh i just i really started getting triggered right at this place because we got taken over by a corporation and i just started getting frustrated right because i you know i was there since day one and i helped build that business and we created the reputation and you know the patients that came in they counted on us right and um so i found myself one day just being like why am i trying to stick it out here so much if i don't like it like i should just leave you know like i shouldn't i you know why am i blaming this corporation why am i blaming all these people what if the opposite is true right what if all this is happening for me right and it's happening because life is trying to show me the better path right the path that's going to allow me to really reach the most people and create the biggest impact and it was actually on a trip to Las Vegas, um, it's funny, I was just talking to, uh, I think it was Nico yesterday in his episode about this too. And, you know, I, it was like the, the weirdest place to have a premonition like this, right? You wouldn't think like Vegas party lifestyle, loud, boisterous, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I had like an epiphany there, you know, at like seven in the morning after, you know, partying all night, um, <laughs> with a bunch of cannabis people. And, you know, I just realized like, whoa, like, you know, I need to really center myself, you know, and start accepting accountability. Right. And, you know, then understanding why, how I got to this point and okay, where do we go from here? And that allowed me to, yeah, go home and start highly optimized. And yeah, I've been thriving ever since, man, loving it. So what did you start to do? Like what, what were your next couple action steps to create that accountability for yourself? Hmm. So, um, affirmations were big. Um, just really like, you know, saying, where I was at, you know, saying like, Hey, I'm, I'm exactly where I need to be right now. You know, like, uh, this was all happening for me. Like I was supposed to be the victim so that now I can teach other people like about being the victim, right. And how it's not self-serving, right. Negation acknowledged. And, you know, it's funny because, um, you know, life does that, right. It throws lessons at you. And so when I came home, uh, one of the first things I did was actually stop using cannabis for 60 days. And I mean, you know, for me at the lake house, like, I love cannabis, right? Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. always been a big proponent. And I was a daily user for, God, you know, 15 years or so. And right. it just, you know, really what happened was I was able to tap into my soul and I broke through a barrier, right? Where when my dad passed five years ago, I just started filling up my schedule with a bunch of stuff and never really looked back, you know, worked out every day, no matter how I felt, just wasn't mindful about how I felt and got injured because of that. And, um, was just kind of numbing myself with cannabis every night unconsciously, you know? And, sure. um, yeah. So when I got home, you know, there was a deep meditation I had, you know, where I just realized like, man, you got to take a break so you can get clear and you can feel what you, what you're supposed to feel. So I got yeah. clear, um, you know, cleared my head, um, was originally like, I'll take a week off. Then it was like, yeah, I'm feeling good. Take a second week off. And then it was like, all right. Then it was a challenge. It was like, how long can I last? You know? And, right, right. <laughs> and, Keep the um, alive, man, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And it honestly, it wasn't that hard, you know, like, and that's another, you know, just great thing about cannabis is that it's really not addictive. I mean, I used it every day for 15 years. And once I started highly optimized, I was so passionate and happy that like by the end of the night, I was just sleeping like a baby, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. almost like, like a kid, you're like a dog. You just gotta like, you know, run them, yeah. run them yep. <laughs> you know, by the end of the day, 
you warm out physically, you know, or, or with, with work or fun or something like that, go sleep. That's all you got to do. Yeah. And, you know, now one of the amazing things that's happened because of that is now I'm full on back into cannabis, but in the way that I want. Like, I'm not part of the legal industry. I don't want any part of, like, the suit and tie world. But what I do right. is I help people with their cannabis use, right? So I coach them through their cannabis use, right? So I ask oh, them, like, cool. hey, when did you first start? Yeah, I actually did this with Kim at the Lake House, right? She was the one yeah. who was like, I could use that. And I was like, I'm going to try it. So I tried it and it went great. And I was like, I got to do this, right? And um, it's really yielded some great results for some of my clients, you know, that are just like, yeah, I love using cannabis. But like at some point they didn't realize that maybe they need to like understand like the real reason they're using it. And mm-hmm. um, now I can use it from a place of happiness, you know, celebrate my wins, you know, not numbing myself. And uh, exactly. yeah, what do you know? It works much better for me now. So <laughs> it's amazing. Lo and behold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's like really how life goes, you know, and and I'm just always like just I always have a smirk about it, especially after I do breathwork and meditation, because, you know, the mind like we've been trained to be so cerebrally dominant. Right. And we're, we're praised for that, you know, like, oh, how smart you are, how book smart. Right. And that's fine. Right. But our heart has an electromagnetic field that's 60 times stronger than the uh, brain waves of our brain. Wow. And so it just shows like our biggest powerhouse, right, for energy, for love is from the heart, you know. And so really, you know, tuning back into that and starting highly optimized and really like putting my head on the pillow every night, knowing that I'm putting my voice out. And then if everything were to go to shit tomorrow, right, if like a nuclear bomb were to hit or something god awful, right, um, at least there's some record of like what I wanted to show the world, you know, and what I wanted to help Mm -hmm. the world with, you know. And uh, yeah, it's awesome, man, you know. Man, that you've got to feel such a sense of, um, I don't know, maybe a weight off your shoulders because of that, right? Yeah. Maybe like you've had expectations of, of doing this thing. And now that this thing has started, you feel heart centered. Like <laughs> yeah. it's just like, okay. Good. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure you feel the same way too, you know? 100%. Like, yeah. 100%. And, you know, for everyone listening, like, buy the ticket, take the ride, you know, like life is challenging, but like, it's fun. Right. And like challenges, yes. right. Like that's why I say like, you know, um, challenge instead of obstacle. Cause I like challenges, you know, they're fun. It makes me think of the gym, you know, it makes me think of like a PR. It makes me think of like a, you know, like a race or something like that. Obstacles. Yep. They make me think of like things in the way. Right. And, you know, sure. personally, like we were talking about, everything happens for us. Right. If we choose to view it that way. So challenges seems more accurate, you know, love it, man. Love yeah. it. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of challenges and the lessons that they're meant to teach us, um, what have been some of the biggest lessons you've learned as a result of fitness and training? Because like we were just talking about, like, you know, I got my start with fitness. That was like my original self-development thing, you know, and uh, right, I got, yeah. I, I got yeah. into it for weird reasons. But uh, now I realize what it's really done for me. So what lessons have you learned from fitness and training and the races and everything you've done for your physical body? God, so many. Um <laughs> You know, I, it's hard to even quantify them because mm. it's been such a huge part of my understanding of self and like the evolution of my understanding of self. Mm. And I'm a baby in this, man. You know, like I still got so much work to do and or that I get Same. to do on myself <laughs> and, and learn about, you know, how I interact with the world and what, what um, you know, what, what I can do to help impact other people in, in the best way possible. But I, I think for what fitness has taught me is one, you can, you become whatever you want to become. You become whatever you work for and mm-hmm. work towards. And, and, you know, if you train to 
you want to be a marathoner and you train like a marathoner trains, you're going to start looking like a marathoner. You're mm-hmm. going to start acting like a marathoner and hanging out with marathoner friends and, you know, doing heading down that path. And you can mm-hmm. change gears or, or stop or switch or change your mind at any time you want. But, you know, I went down the powerlifting path for a long time. Um, you know, I'm down the obstacle course racing path and I'm, I'm in the future going to head down the ultra marathon path. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I think for, for me, it teaches me, it's taught me a lot about discipline, a ton about consistency. And, and it was really the first time I'd seen my hard work pay off, um, and, and continue to see my hard work pay off. I mean, it's tangible, you know, you rep at something, you hit at something, you chip at something, you work over a long period of time and you progress and you rest when you're supposed to rest and, and listen to your body. I mean, good things happen. It's science, mm. you know, and <laughs> it's, it's like, it I, I really like that, especially coming from, you know, a history background of just stories or like a financial planning background. We're like no one really knows what the fuck's going to happen in the market. It's like, no one has any idea, you know, and you're all just like talking about what ifs all the time. Like there's no what ifs for the most part when it comes to bettering yourself physically, it's do this, do that, get these results. And there are yeah. ways to do it more efficiently. There are ways to do it more optimize to the individual some things that work for some people some things that don't there's lots of low-hanging fruit most people don't fucking touch (laughs) water and sun and you know better sleep etc but for the most part you know i think for a lot of people it's fitness is that first time they can have the awareness that something's wrong whether they don't like something and then actually go about changing it themselves because Mm -hmm. no one else can do the work for you Mm -hmm. and it's really a powerful tool for teaching people that, um, you know, and on the flip side, I've had certainly had my obstacles or challenges. Um, you know, in 20 last year, 2019, I had two major back injuries, mm. um, did it the first time as well. And I mean, I was at the point where I couldn't pick up a pencil for, for months really. Wow. Um, and it was incredibly humbling and, uh, you know, it's, I always thought it was so weird or cliche when I saw athletes saying shit like this, but you know, I'm so grateful that it happened because it forced me to take a really hard, deep look, you know, at a lot of things Mm -hmm. and shift a lot of things. And now I feel way better. My energy's up, you know, everything just shifted when I changed how I was training and what reasons I was training for. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, man, I mean, dude, I've taught, I've been taught so much by, by health and fitness in general. And, and it's, it's why it's, it's, you know, it's that first love. And it's also that thing that I think I'll always be able to return to, you know, my daily practice is my anchor, you know, and then when it comes to coaching, it's, it's something I'm always going to be able to do. I always love to do that. And it's, it's also cool to like, to set it aside for a little bit and work on other things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What, what, um, when you had your back injury, like, did you get like diagnosed with any certain thing or did it just like kind of work itself out after a while? Like, did you have like a, let's quote unquote diagnosis or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been seeing the same, um, I've got a doctor, um, Dr. Christina Seibert at, at a Rosti. Uh, so a Rosti does a great job of, they do like manual therapy, like manual, um, self, like myofascial release and like, like get in there with, 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 you know, thumbs, basically mm-hmm. thumbs or, or, you know, a scraping tool. And they mm-hmm. combine that with, with rehab, you know, mm-hmm. targeted specific strength and stability rehab. And so it takes injuries from, you know, something that might take six weeks. Normally you get out there in like two sessions, hurts like hell, but you're back. <laughs> right. Yeah. And 
And, you know, I've been working with her for probably three or four years before I'd done this. And she, we've got a great relationship. She knows me super, super well. And, you know, she basically told me like, listen, Dave, you've got 99% certainty. You've got a pretty serious herniation of your L, L5, right? Mm. And I'm like, all right, great. And so I was like, should we get an MRI or an X-ray? And she's like, nah, you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, why? She goes, well, you're just going to freak out. Like you're, you're going to see it and it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to send you down a negative rabbit hole. I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, and from, from the description is it's like a jelly donut. Mm-hmm. You know, like you got the jelly in the inside and the herniation is like the jelly squirts out the side mm. of the jelly donut. And like the jelly is your spinal fluid, you know, like in between your vertebrae. Right? And so I didn't necessarily want to see that. Uh, <laughs> she's like, the is the exact same regardless. Um, you know, but that's, that's where I got from multiple doctors. So that was just me. It, and it was a process too, because I, I, both times I didn't listen to my body, you know, my body was sending me signals and I didn't listen to it and I tried to push on, you know? And so, um, I learned a lot from that and ultimately changed a lot of what I do on a regular basis. So yeah, again, grateful for it, but it sucked. <laughs> Dude, you know, that's funny, man, because, well, it's not funny, but it's funny because, um, you know, I had a scare of the exact same thing last January, right? Where, um, I don't even know what had happened. My hips started getting tight and stuff. And I was like, what the hell's going on here? Right. And again, I was working out seven days a week doing like, you know, nothing crazy. I wasn't like deadlifting and doing PRs and stuff, but, um, and that's part of the problem is I wasn't doing things like compound movements, but, um, so I went to a physical therapist and, uh, he saw me for all of like, let's say three minutes. And he was like, Oh, I think you have a herniation. And I, like my mind went the same way yours did. Like I started freaking out. I started like telling everyone, Oh, you know, I'm can't work out right now. I got an injury. And I kind of played the pity party for a little while. And, um, you know, I wasn't able to work out. And so my endorphins were tanking and, you know, my mental health was kind of like, Oh, you know, cause you know, you work out every day for 10 years. I mean, right. God, you know, doing something, you know, I've stretched days and yoga days, but always doing something pertaining to my body. Yep. So, um, I was at my dispensary one day and a gentleman came in and I was just, you know, talking with him. We were getting along great. You know, I made a ton of friends there and connections and that was like my favorite part of the job. But, um, you know, I started talking to him. He's like, Oh, I'm actually a spine specialist. And I was like, Whoa, wait, wait, you got to stick around for a little bit. All right. Let me run some things right, by right, you. Right. right. So I start telling him about my, my symptoms. And he's like, you didn't, you didn't herniate a disc. There's no way. And, and he's like, but even if you did, he's like, the last thing you want to do is just stop training altogether. Like you want to like, you know, you want to modify and you want to do body weight stuff, but you want to do some planks. You want to do some like stuff that's going to strengthen that area. So. Yeah. Started working with him, uh, got the x-ray. Like, my chiropractor said the same thing. He's like, you didn't hurt any of this. You'd be having, like, numbness down your legs and stuff. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah. And uh, so I ended up getting the x-ray because um, he was like, I'm going to prove it to you. So I got the x-ray, perfectly fine, right? And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> nice. And, um, yeah, it was crazy, man. Right after that, like, most of that pain just went away. And it was just like he was saying, just myofascial stuff. You know, I just wasn't foam rolling enough. I wasn't, I, you know, my nervous system needed a reprogramming. And so For sure. You yeah, need a break. Yeah. And I needed a, um, a PRI specialist, right? Who, um, my buddy Joe, actually, I think he was episode number four on this amazing guy, uh, really smart. And, um, him and I have been working on mobility stuff and, you know, really core engagement and stuff. And I feel stronger than ever right now. So yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah grateful for awesome. the, you know, the almost like, you know, scary thing that happened. So yeah, I feel, yeah. You. I mean, dude, honestly, that's, that's sometimes if, if you're smart enough to listen to it, like, that you were, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's, sh- 
that told you all that you need to know. You know, I, I thought I listened to it the first time and, you know, had a reoccurring, had a reoccurrence of the injury three months later. Cause I, I was, you know, I like took, took time off. I felt like I eased back into it, but I, I took like my volume right back up. You know, I was running again. I was doing stuff I shouldn't have been doing. I was lift, you know, listening and yada, yada, yada. And so when I had that reoccurrence, I basically took, all I did was walk through the rest of the year, just hiked, walked and did core, core stuff through the rest of the year. And then made a commitment to, um, to walk twice as much, at least twice as much in 2020 that I did in 2019. Mm. So, and I think that has helped me. I know that has helped me so much because I haven't returned back to compound lifting. Like, mm. like, you know, a lot of the stuff that, you know, strengthening that area again and, and, you know, finding, getting your body familiar with that position, you know, that stuff that I haven't done that I think probably would help me. I think I still have some mental blocks around that. Mm. Um, but what has helped that I know has helped is walking 16,000 steps a day, yeah. you know, like that's, that's been great, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, for a lot of things. So I think it's interesting, like finding your own way around these different challenges or obstacles and, and finding what works for you and the lessons that they teach you, you know, mm. when you have the awareness to view them like that. And, and I didn't view it like that for a long time. I had my own pity party, you know, <laughs> my own woe was me for a while, mm. you know, but a year and a half later, not even 15 months later, I can look back on that and go, okay, that's why that happened. You know? Yeah. And you know, it's like Mark always says, you know, walking is integration, you know? And so in that sense, it was a, it was a gift, you know, Mark's Mark's a wise man, you know, and I know you spend a lot of time with him too. (laughs) For sure. For sure. (laughs) How did you, how did you first meet him? So I actually met him through Brian Muka. Mm. Um, yeah, through a networking organization here in town. Um, cool organization. It's, I wish they'd have it elsewhere. They, it's a company called Synapse mm-hmm. and they, they marry nonprofit partnership with business networking. You know, so you're kind of like killing two birds with one stone. You know, you're helping learning about really cool nonprofits here in town while also doing your business networking that, you know, people need to be doing. Yeah. So, um, Brian met Mark on a plane a couple years earlier and then brought him in to speak for one of our groups and we ended up grabbing uh, some Thai food after that, uh, you know, a week later or whatever, and shot the shit. And, um, you know, he coached me through my, my first transition from financial planning to uh, fitness back in November of 2017. And, and he helped me a lot with my language surrounding uh, an ultra marathon I was running in that time frame as well. And so, um, you know, we kind of had a, a coach-mentor relationship that's turned into a fantastic friendship. So, uh great fucking guy and i was actually at his farm over this past weekend for a uh like the 10th annual dove hunt they do down there which was my first time doing such an activity it was a ball (laughs) that's awesome man i saw the picture of uh you and mark and uh his smirk (laughs) his classic smirk you know and uh classic he's got the best poker face he really does oh solid yeah yeah and um, it's just so funny, man. You know, Brian told me about that story about him and Mark meeting on the plane. And I could picture Mark like like they're sitting next to each other. They don't know each other. And Brian's like, uh, hey, what are you doing? And Mark's like, I'm doing this thing. And like doesn't like really like. And Brian's like, well, what are you doing on it? And Mark just like <laughs> Mark takes a second and just goes, OK, fine. And like <laughs> starts talking to him. Side like, eye. And yeah. it's like, all right. Are we going to go into this? Right, yeah. Go yeah. This. Like, all right. We got and a long like, enough flight. Let's jump down the rabbit hole, you know. And uh, yeah, man, it was so funny. It's, <laughs> it's so funny knowing both Brian and Mark and how like that interaction went. It's 
love them both to death. It's fantastic. Mm. And, you know, speaking about coaching, um, what got you into the realm of coaching? Like what, what, you know, what kind of catalyst did you into getting into that? Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I ended up deciding not to be a, a history teacher, like a month before I graduated. Mm. So, so I didn't have a plan. Right. Um, but I, I was, I was powerlifting at the time and I, I had a meet at, you know, in Richmond, uh, and, and I ended up meeting a guy by the name of Jay DeMeo, who was the head, head basketball strength and conditioning coach at U of R and, you know, powerlifting meets are like 10 hour events. And so we shot the ship pretty much in the whole day. I think we we're in the same weight class or similar or something like that. And at the end of the day, he was like, well, what are you doing when you graduate, man? And I said, funny enough, I have no idea as of like this week. So, uh, that got the ball rolling on, on coaching, you know, and, and I think through the four years I was at school, by sophomore year, I, 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 um, got a job in the library so I can just nerd out and like strengthening, strength and conditioning books and nutrition books. And, you know, I was going down, you know, Louis Simmons, West Side Barbell stuff and, you know, Anthony Tello stuff and just, just diving all in on that. And, and, you know, that, I'd have friends ask, you know, hey, what can I do about X, Y, Z, right? Or, or holy shit, you know, how do I do ABC, right? And it felt so good to be able to help those people. And, and um, I knew that coaching was, coaching felt a lot like teaching to me or when I thought the teaching would feel like, but, but it was something that I, that I loved, you know, and, and it was, it was like bettering yourself as opposed to just telling old, old stories about old guys, old dead guys, right? <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and and I really, you know, I, I kind of looped back around to this coaching thing because, you know, one, it was the thing that I loved. And I was following a lot of Gary Vee stuff, Gary Vaynerchuk stuff mm-hmm. at the time. It's like, you know, find the thing that you love and fucking find a way to make it work. And I was like, all right. So, you know, I had like a side hustle for a while and it was going well enough to where I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to make a lot of money. I'm going to take a big pay cut doing this, but fuck it. Like, I'll be way happier. And that's, you know, ultimately what I, I just decided to leap, you know, and, and, I think what's really cool is that I've got a little bit of ADHD, right? Like I, <laughs> I don't like being in, doing one thing, being in one place, mm. um, talking about one subject. Just, I, I feel I get, I get bored doing that. And, and that's why I, I love the holistic side of things. And what I found with story work and is story works, the through line for between all of it, mm. right? Like story work works for, folks going through recovery. Like I'm working with right now with, with a, a recovery home here in Richmond, you know, we're addicts and folks, you know, either from streets or who are de- really dealing with substance abuse problems, you know, some from jail systems, you know, and doing story work with them and story work works for like professional athletes, mm. you know, which is the population that I really love working with, you know, high level athletes or high achievers or, you know, business owners or C teamers, like that type of thing. Like, it's a through line between all of this stuff. And so, you know, with coaching for me, it's, it's knowing that, you know, those ripples are going to keep going regardless of what's being coached, regardless of how you're helping. Like, you know, I, I try to make sure that people leave interactions or experiences, you know, at least feeling a different way, feeling more positive and vibrant and alive and hopeful or have learned something. Right? That's a positive, good interaction for me. And if people can do that, then I don't necessarily see that ripple, right? But I know that ripple's there. Mm. And, you know, that, that's the impact to me. So I think that's what I love about coaching. And it's kind of a long way of coming back into how I got into it. But no, um, I love this, dude. 
complete. Like, you know, this is what I love most. I love hearing what people, what, what, what makes people tick, you know, and, and, yeah. and their passions, you know? So yeah, I love this man. Keep going. <laughs> right, right. But you know, now it's an interesting thing, you know, because again, it's by having conversations about surrounding words, you know, ultimately people come to fitness coaches to feel better, right? Mm-hmm. To feel better about themselves and to feel better physically. Like they either mentally don't feel good about themselves or they physically, like I'm having physical symptoms of not feeling good, mm-hmm. right? And so it's, I want to feel better, right? And you can change, you can do all the CrossFit watch, you can do all the yoga and eat all the kale and, you know, <laughs> eat all the good meat and take all the supplements and et cetera, et cetera, that you want. And all those things are really fucking important, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're not addressing the conversation that goes on in your head, and what you're thinking and how you're saying certain things, none of that stuff is going to help to the degree that people are wanting it to help. Right. Mm-hmm. And when those two things are combined, story work is added and layered on top of holistic, healthy habits. That's thriving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the, that's the foundation and the equation for thriving in my opinion. Yeah. So that's kind of the direction that is the direction of my coaching now. It's, it's taking my experiences professionally and personally over the last, you know, 12, 13 years and, and threading story work between it all. I love that, man. You know, and I'm so glad you brought up language too, because that is the other half to story work, right? It's like, you know, the language that we use creates the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves, right? And, you know, I'm curious, you know, for someone listening right now who is interested in becoming more conscious around the language they use, what is one piece of advice you would give around where they should start if they're not, if they don't have access to a coach or something like that or can't afford one? Like, what's a couple like, you know, little tips and tricks that you might have found in your own life that made a big positive difference? Yeah, for sure. I, Ryan, I love the one word game, mm. you know, but especially mm-hmm. a should detox. Yeah. That's how I start a lot of my coaching sessions is with a should detox, mm-hmm. you know, and, and for those listening, it's, you know, grab a piece of paper or type it out or, you know, uh, pull up the notes section on your phone or whatever. And, and, you know, the, the drill is you write down, you know, two, three, four, five things that you should do or shouldn't do. You know, my example is I should drink more water mm-hmm. and then you reflect and see, how that makes you feel. You know, say it out loud, sit with it, see how that makes you feel. And for a lot of people, myself included, sh- the word should denotes something that I have to be doing or that I'm in trouble for not doing mm-hmm. or somebody telling me what to do, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, I feel guilty or I feel almost like responsible for it, but not in like a fun responsibility way. Right. Uh, the next level of that is, is what if you change just one word in that sentence and you change the word should to the word could mm. sit with that, say it out loud, see how it feels. And for a lot of people that transition starts to be, Oh, okay. Like, well, feels a little bit lighter. feels like it's more of an option to me as opposed to something that I have to do. Mm. And a lot of people like that. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And you can take this even further. You can go from could to can. And then once you say can add a because to it. You know, I can drink more water because it's great for my skin and gives me more energy, you know, and and you just keep this process going and you realize that not only what you say matters, but how you say it matters and how you're breathing when you say it matters. Mm -hmm. And that awareness is the first step. You know, the first step to any change is the awareness that it has to happen, you know, or that it's necessary. And so, um, 
that's the example I use. That's the example that works a lot on, on, on my end. And it's a fun little exercise. And, and now I've, I've, I've been self-correcting myself and I'm not good enough yet where I can do it before I speak every time, but, <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> you know, I'll be in a conversation with like, you know, just a, a an average person somewhere and, and who doesn't do this type of work yeah. or isn't in my you know bubble. <laughs> and I'll say, you know, I should do this up. Oh, sorry. I can do this. And it, it like, when you correct yourself out loud, it can lead to some interesting conversations with people, <laughs> but that's a good thing. You know, I totally agree. I was on um, Martha's Vineyard, like I was talking to my girlfriend for 10 days and we were just nerding out. She's in a lifted one right now and I just did level Sweet. two. And yeah, it's, it's, it's so fun having that relationship and, uh, you know, being able to both nerd out on language and there were these kids getting into a car and, uh, they were talking about something. I heard one of them go, you know, I just can't believe it. And I, I, I was close I enough can't to believe it. Yeah, right. And I was close enough to him where I was like, you can believe it. And he just turned around and he was like, huh. And you could tell he had that cognitive shift, you know, like Mark talks yeah, about where yep. he's like, huh. Yeah, I can believe it. You know, yeah. and I was like, you know, and then the further of that is like, you know, and what opens up for you now that you can believe it, right? <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. you know, I love that stuff, man. It's like, you know, I've always like, again, it's so funny how like life comes full circle. And, you know, when I was doing psychology, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, so I got into cannabis and I was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And then I got into coaching and now I'm like, oh, I'm going to do psychology, do cannabis and coaching <laughs> all together. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, duh, like aha moment, you know, and yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I've noticed over my journey and with pretty much anyone on like the hero's journey, right? Anyone that's really going out and taking this accountability and like, you know, becoming the creator is that mindset plays, you know, one of the biggest roles in whether or not someone wakes up in a friendly environment or hostile environment, right? Um, What are some of like, you know, what are your views on mindset and how have you successfully been able to shape your mindset into that of the warrior? It's a great question. And Mm -hmm. and what's cool about this is prior to to enlisted and prior to doing story work i I think i would have had a different answer or Mm -hmm. i know i would have had a different answer Mm -hmm. you know and and i think before i viewed mindset as you know more like positivity positive language you know i viewed mindset as um you know something where something where i would you know, a determination and consistency and, you know, motivation versus discipline. And, mm. you know, like, like I, I would take mindset into that conversation. Right. And, you know, where I think all that is, is good and valid. What I think that my, where I think mindset, you know, is most important now kind of stems back or comes back to that awareness, awareness of self. And that's kind of how I'm viewing mindset is if you have awareness of self, when you add because onto things, right? you know, yeah, I don't want to do this, but I get to do this because blank, you know, and, and mm-hmm. so the story work really does help to weave, weave the positivity in, you know, and give you a reason to be disciplined, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you can't go anywhere without, without the mindset, right? You can't go anywhere without the, 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 the grit and the will. And at the same time, it's not everything. And I think for a long, long time in our society, like, you know, just um, buckle up or, you know, just like, like man up or, you know, no whatever pain, it no is, gain. like no pain, no gain, grind, <laughs> you know, fuck, my, my tagline for, for years with GS Nation is grind on, right? Yeah. And I think you, you need a lot of that, right? But mm-hmm. to me now, grind is, 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 is 
the antithesis of what I what I want to be doing. Like I want things to be like you can have success and have it be seamless or, or it's like, uh, you know, there's a there's a concept of like non forcing, you know, that I really, really love is, you know, it's it's like I'm working my ass off, but I'm I'm saying yes to the things that I want to do. And I'm saying yes to the things that make me feel great. And I'm saying yes to my future self. And because of that, the current stuff that I'm doing that's work is fun. And it's there's a reason behind it. And I'm on I'm totally on board with it. I'm not just doing things. I'm doing things intentionally. Mm-hmm. And I'm all in on it. And I can't necessarily like boil that down to a mindset. Um, but it's an awareness of where I am now and what I want to happen. And the knowledge that there's no such thing as an unrealistic goal or dream, just an unrealistic timeline. And, you know, there's, you can do anything you want to do, man. Like, I fucking suck at math, dude. I'm horrible at it. I hate it. I'm so bad at it. I cried learning long division for like three weeks. Uh, I like, I quit my, my accounting class freshman year of college and I signed up to literally like math 101. Like we were doing like patterns and shit. And I got like worked for like a C minus. Like it just doesn't work in my brain. Right. Yeah. And, if I devoted myself for the next 30 fucking years, I could become a mathematician. Mm-hmm. I could become a rocket scientist. I don't fucking want to. I'm not <laughs> going to. And it would be really fucking hard. And it, I would hate it. But I could. Yeah. And that realization that you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. you know. And then Gary Vee would say, well, just choose the thing that you're really good at that you love to do and then do that. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that awareness that that's even fucking possible, like use your mindset for that shit, you know, use your mindset to go down into that direction. And I think a lot of us just get stuck in these paths because we're on the path mm-hmm. doing the thing. We did it for X, Y, Z. We do it for other people. We do it for our spouse or, you know, like, you know, I had a nice white picket fence, right? Like, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't want that. Yeah. You know? So figure out what the fuck you want and go get it. Yeah. That's amazing advice, man. And, you know, I really love it because it really is synonymous with my journey, too, of like, you know, I originally thought mindset was just like, you know, just go, 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 go until you drop, basically, you know, grind on, as you said, you know, and and, you know, it is in part that. But again, it's like, you know, we like we don't give enough credit to the flow, right? Or I didn't give enough credit to the flow. I'll change that sentence, right? And, you know, now that I'm doing highly optimized, like I'm doing seven episodes this week, right? But it just feels awesome. Like it doesn't feel like work. It feels great. Like I'm coaching at the same time. Like it just gives me more energy, right? And, um, you know, it's funny that, you know, one of the, one of the first things I tell people when I coach them is like, I want you to hear these words because everyone's like, you can do anything you put your mind to, but no one slows it down. Like you, can do anything that you put your mind to, right? And mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, creating the emphasis on those different words really mm-hmm. changes the, you know, resonance vibration of the whole message, right? And, you know, that's another reason why I love medicine journeys, right? Is because we can take sentences like that and we can really understand like the the frequency behind them and like the power of them. And, yes. you know, when I first understood that, man, it was like a superpower that I became aware of, you know, and that I uh, was able to hold and use. And, um, you know, and then I, I love, uh, Dean Graziosi. He's another like a uh, Gary V type guy. And he said something great to me, right. Or not to me, but he was, I was reading his book, which is a uh, million, millionaire success habits. And, okay. uh, you know, he's, he, he just, 
And it was so funny because it was something that I always felt was so true, but I just never like, you know, everyone tells you like, work on your weaknesses, you know, find your weaknesses, work on that. He's like, that's bullshit. Don't work on your weaknesses. He's like, find what you're really good at. Get so good at it that people pay you ridiculous amounts for it and then pay other people to do the things you're not good at that they're really good at. You know, he's like, that's how life's supposed to work. You know, he's like, why are you going to work on the things that you're not good at all the time? It's just going to make you feel inferior, you know? And, um, I thought that was so funny, man, you know, cause I was like, wow, finally, like, that's what I've always felt. Like, I'm like, why do I have to work on the things I'm not naturally good at? It doesn't feel flowy to me, you know? Right. Um, right. (laughs) You know, like, of course there'll be some things you got to work on, but, you know, the emphasis of like work on all your weaknesses. It's just like, ugh, that just doesn't vibe well with me. It doesn't, doesn't resonate, you know? Um, so, you know, one of the subjects that I feel like is not discussed nearly enough is the subject of wins, right? And the things yeah. that we succeed at, you know, because again, like, especially us entrepreneurs, like we just go from goal to goal to goal to goal and we never in- take a second to enjoy the journey, right? So what would you say your biggest win has been in the last 12 months? And what is your main goal for the next 12 months? Mm. Great question. Mm. Um, I have, I've always seen myself as someone who, who like I, I really value freedom, flexibility, and impact, right? And I want to be able to, to train, travel, and inspire people. Mm. Right? And, you know, I'm building a life for that. Like I, I went back and I looked at, I've been doing the perfect day exercise since 2017, mm. right? And like maybe every six months or so. And like looking at these always have an iteration of, you know, went to this retreat in Mexico and then came back and now I'm in the mountains and I'm running in the mountains and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my RV or, you know, I got my, my Airbnb with a bunch of friends and yada, yada, yada. And that's, that's evolved. You know, I, I took some really cool trips with my grandparents growing up and, and you know, with my family growing up and, and I love camping. I love mountains. I love running in beautiful places. I've always wanted to wake up with a view. Mm. And a couple of weeks ago, um, I finally pulled the trigger on purchasing a uh, sprinter van that Dude. I'm going to be converting out <laughs> uh, over the next four or five months and hitting the road early 2021. And my goal is to to swim in swim and fish in and run around as many high alpine lakes as I possibly can while chasing spring mm. pretty much the whole year. So I'm going to start down in SoCal and work my way up the coast, spend a lot of time in, in you know, Arizona and New Mexico in the beginning part of the year, and then up into you know Utah and Colorado and Montana and Oregon and you know, et cetera, et cetera. So this is something I've always wanted to do, and, and it's something that I've – systematically been chipping away at the things that have been preventing me from being able to do this, you know, from work obligations or, you know, relationships that I was in that weren't serving me or whatever it may be. And I've gotten now where all of my work is remote by design. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten to the point where, um, you know, my main projects that I'm working on, I'm able to do from the van. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and or remotely, as long as I have like internet, you know, which I'll figure out. Yeah. Uh, and this was the big hurdle for me, man. Like this was a, a really big thing, and and it took a you know, I pulled out like the financial planner in me was shitting myself because I took out like ninety eight percent of my cash. And I was like, yeah. you know, like it's just money; it'll come back around. Yeah, and you know, it's it it has, which is wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not <laughs> wild, but you know, the old me would have thought it was really wild. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited for that. You know, I'm, I'm, 
I'm not a carpenter. I'm not great with my hands. I got a lot of buddies who, who do this type of work and who are going to, you know, hopefully dive in and, and have a lot of fun doing this. I'm going to learn a lot. I'm going to do a lot. I'm going to pick up a lot of new skills and it's going to be the, you know, me going out and doing something that I know is going to be difficult and have its own, you know, uh, innate challenges and whatnot, but it'll be the culmination of many, many years of, of, you know, a, a true dream. And for me to be able to head West and do so in, in a home, like in something that I built, mm-hmm. you know, that, that I can call mine. I'm, I'm really stoked on that. So that's definitely a big win. I'm excited to share that, that journey, uh, you know, as time goes on and, um, I'm excited to collab with so many dope ass motherfuckers, mm. you know, in our crew and otherwise across the U S and, you know, next year and beyond, like that's, this is the coolest thing about it. Like being able to say, Oh, you guys are out in Boise. Like, cool. I'll be there in like four days. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't need a bed. Like I'm good. I got my spot. Yeah. So like that's, it's, I'm really excited about that. Dude, that is awesome, man. And we share that same vision, you know, and really like what I was feeling, you know, my biggest goal since I was 20, right before I even knew what the hell I wanted to do was always freedom, right? Freedom to do Mm -hmm. what I want, when I want with who I want. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's a basic human principle, right? Like we're, we're adventurers. That's what humans are, right? Like I jokingly say we're pleasure monkeys, right? We're monkeys. It's like, you know, adventure through life and get to enjoy all the fruits, you know, part of the pun. Um, and you know, so one of the cool things that um, coaching has given me, and again, this is why, again, everything's happening for you. Like, you know, that time where I was so miserable, the dispensary, you know, because my dream of being, you know, a cannabis entrepreneur, you know, or ganjapreneur, um, you know, as I knew it, right? Like, you know, owning a dispensary and, you know, helping people that way just died right in front of me, right? And yeah, it was sad, you know, but... um but, you know, again, we need those lows to appreciate the highs. And now, you know, I'm in the same boat. You know, my girlfriend and I are both in the same boat where it's like, you know, honestly, we just want to be able to travel whenever we want. And like, you know, it was funny because um, Leo asked a question when we were down in Virginia and he was like, what's a goal that you had that you reached and weren't aware you reached it until like you just realized that you reached it? And I looked around at like everyone there and where we were and and I was like, this this was my goal like (laughs) you know what I mean I'm like this is like I'm like I'm like dude I'm able to like take my podcast on the road uh thanks to my sound guy for giving me all his equipment to bring on the road and uh you know and teaching me all the ways and uh you know and I'm able to coach via zoom uh via phone and yeah man be able to be remote and and we've been thinking about the same thing like let's grab an RV and just go travel around like and to your part about internet if Ben can find internet in the crazy places he goes I have faith that anyone can (laughs) like Dude, Agreed. that Agreed. dude, that dude understands having a backdrop, man. Like, did you see his video? I don't know if you saw his video he posted today doing the magic trick, but like, fuck, dude, like that is just that's epic, man. A hundred percent, and like spending time in those environments. Uh, I think it's John Muir has a quote that says something along the lines of, um, oh, "Man, I'm gonna butcher this now that mm. I said it." Uh, <laughs> you know, I go to. I don't go to church to find God. I go to the mountains to find God or something like yeah, that. Right. Dude. Or like, 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 you know, I get more, I find God more in nature than I ever have ever done in church. And, and that's mm. something that's, you know, nature's profoundly spiritual for me. It is, you know, I, I'm very attracted to beautiful things. Right. You know, and, and it's just got so much beauty, but it juxtaposes that with so much brutality. Mm. And, and it's just, it's spending time with those backdrops, breathing, air from that space you know that is that's when i feel most creative 
That's when I feel most alive. And we have in it, in ourselves, the ability to just like fucking go there. Yeah. Like, Anytime can, we want. Yep. <laughs> pretty wild. <laughs> you yeah. know, and I find, find myself stuck in, you know, situations or locations that I didn't want to be in for long periods of time. And like, no more, you know? So. Yeah. One of my next ones uh, is uh, Glacier. Uh, and yeah. it was funny, like Ben and Sean were going there and they were like, come and I would have, but it was like, okay, I'm either in Martha's Vineyard or I'm getting ready for San Diego and then Mexico. So it was like, ah, uh, that's just going to be a little rough, like traveling wise. Like, you know, once I have a car, like a RV to travel in, it'd be one thing, but uh, planes, man, right. they just mess me up. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's the EMF. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's brutal. And, um, especially having to wear the mask the whole time now too, makes it a little more interesting, let's say. Um, yes. so exactly. yeah, definitely going to get on that rv game as soon as possible oh um, yeah man yeah and you know dave this has been an absolute blast getting to hang with you one-on-one hear more about your journey where can people go to find you and connect with you i appreciate it brother yeah it, it, it's been awesome man it really has um people can find me on instagram at get strapped stay strapped mm. uh and then online at www.workyourstories.com that's where all my coaching's stuff is going to be at this point uh, from this point moving forward. So workyourstories.com and on Instagram at get strapped, stay strapped. That's awesome, man. And you know, it's cool because uh, this is a going trend. I think I say this in every episode. My listeners are probably like, dude, I think people get it now, but you know, <laughs> it's a going trend with all the coaches I have on because there's just so much to your stories and you know, just like our lives, right? Like, I mean, we are the creators, so we just go do all this epic shit, right? Yeah, we're um, doing a lot. <laughs> yeah, dude. And uh, so we're definitely gonna have to circle back for round two, round three. Um, oh, you know, yeah. I'd love to meet up in, live in 3D reality uh, one time, maybe with an epic backdrop, right? And do a podcast in the mountains or something. I think I'd be badass. Um, so, yeah, man, that's really cool. And that'd be awesome to loop this back around, man. You yeah, know, hey, remember that time we on the phone back yeah. however long ago? And like, here we are. Yep. <laughs> we told you guys we were going to do it, and now we're doing it. <laughs> Check this out. <laughs> Go yeah, make your sure. reality. Go create it, you know? Bingo. You can yeah, do anything. Man. So my last question for you, Dave, is yep. if, if someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would Dave Robinson suggest that change be? Pull up your iPhone and pull up the health app and see how many steps you've walked in the past year. Mm. And from this day moving forward, double it. Mm. I love and that, that, is, that will change your life quicker than, than I believe anything else. Yeah, in ways that you would never suspect. In ways you would never, <laughs> ever fucking suspect. Some days take your phone out with you, other days don't. But if you were walking 5,000 steps, congrats, now you walk 10. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were doing really good and walk 10, congrats, figure out how to walk 20. Yeah. And it, it will change your life. That's awesome, man. So guys, when I made Dave's intro, it was hilarious just how much stuff I had to include. And that's only the tip of the iceberg that is his life. He is an amazing person whose southern charm and ability to make an impact on those he serves is not only extremely admirable, but has also been a huge inspiration for me in the short time I've known him. I guarantee everyone listening to this could benefit in a myriad of ways by connecting with Dave, so hop on IG right now and connect with him as you are not going to want to miss out on all the incredible ways he can add value to your life. Dave, my brother, thank you so much for hopping onto the show and sharing your journey and time with us. And until next time, my friend, journey well, be well, much love. Namaste. All love, brother.
What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a Z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out, and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, dot com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.